Good evening, everyone. This is Rico Muhammad filling in tonight on the Rates and Lane podcast for Mr. Kevin Rutherford. We hope that he and Lisa is having a safe voyage back to their home state of Oregon. Tonight, we are going to cover questions and uh, gathering information with dealing with a broker on quoting lanes. We kind of delved into this a little bit at the CMC. Uh, I've seen Debbie, she posted a, uh, she had a post inside of the Rate Per Mile Masters Facebook group. And someone else at the CMC actually asked me about this line of questioning on gathering information when you're dealing with a broker. So I decided tonight would be a great time to uh, go into that and delve into the information that needs to be gathered while you're talking to a broker and negotiating on the load. So we're going to start tonight off as we normally do, and we're going to go into a little bit of the uh, information from the rates from uh, Transcore's trend lines newsletter that they send out every Wednesday, and we're also going to cover a little bit from the uh, USDA fruit and market, uh, the fruit and vegetable report. So real quickly, we're just going to jump right into it. As you've seen, uh, as many of you know that know me, you know reefer is what I do. I do reefers. We're coming to you live tonight from Meridian, Mississippi, if I didn't, if I didn't mention that I'm here at the TA. So if anybody is here after the podcast, feel free to drop by, and uh, I might be able to have about 30 to 45 minutes to go into some more stuff. But Reefers is what I do, and the big news on to this week's DAT newsletter is that reefer rates are climbing here in the south, which is what I love because that is where I focus my attention at. I only run in the southeast. So it's good news for me and anybody else that pulls reefer. So getting into the newsletter, last week's load availability declined for flatbeds and vans remained steady for refrigerated. Reefer rates began their seasonal climb with a three-cent increase due to seasonal demand in the southeast and south-central regions. So good news, good news for reefers. I love it, I love it, I love it. Jumping into the van segment for this week, the national average van rate, one cent from last week to $1.96 per mile. The average April rate was $2.02, down eight cents from March. So vans is kind of suffering a little bit. Still looks like it's good. You can get good rates still in the southeast. Uh, Midwest is showing marginal rates, and out west they're showing some pretty decent rates at $2.25 out west for vans. And as far as the flatbed segment goes, Northeast seems to be really booming at $3.84 on the average in the Northeast. Southeast is around $2.70. Midwest is three sixteen, And out west, you got $2.09 on your uh, flatbed rates. Flatbed rates lost a penny off the national average last week, returning to $2.35 per mile for the national average. The April average was also $2.35, which was 2.2% above March rates. So flatbed is still kind of steady. 
And now we're going to try to take a real quick minute to jump over into the USDA truck rate report for the agricultural division as far as the fruits and vegetables are concerned. And this week you have shortages of trucks in the Imperial Valley uh, in California. They are moving onions out of that area. Central and South Florida is at a shortage right now. They are moving watermelons are coming out there hot and heavy. Uh, you have a shortage, a slight shortage, in Central and North Florida. They are moving blueberries out of there. South Florida, once again, there's a slight shortage. Eastern North Carolina, still a slight shortage, still moving some sweet potatoes out of there. Rio Grande Valley and uh, Mexico crossing through Texas is still a slight shortage as well. I was just down in Laredo this week, earlier this week. Got a nice little load out of there up to Dallas so I can verify those rates. So that's a kind of a snapshot for this week on the um, rates and everything. Now, this week, if you have any uh, questions, like I said, press 1, and we'll get you over. We're going to cover questions that you should be asking when negotiating with a broker. The number one thing that you want to – definitely make sure that you're getting into when you're dealing with a broker is you're gathering all as much information as you possibly can to enter into the negotiation. In order for you to be successful with getting into the negotiation negotiation with the uh, broker, you want to gather pertinent information such as one very valuable question is how many times do, do you move this load? That's something that you definitely want to find out how many times they're moving that load because if you like the load, there may be an opportunity for you to build a relationship with that broker to get that load on a more frequent basis. You get that information, build that relationship with that particular broker, and you may be able to increase your rates by dealing with that broker, by being his surefire go-to person on dealing with that customer. That is very important when you're dealing with um, the calls when the broker is calling you and he's trying to get a, a rate from you. You want to try to do this in a conversational manner. You want to try to make sure that you're getting the information such as what is, how much does it weigh. If you're, if you're conscious as to the weight, if your truck is um, real weight sensitive when you're pulling loads on your fuel mileage, you want to get you know, just your basic information as far as the weight. You want to find out the origin. You want to definitely find out the destination. These are other different clues that you can start to build your little package together if you start keeping a diary of different loads that you're covering. Even if you don't get the load from that particular broker, but if you're trying to build yourself a lane, then you can begin to use that information that you're gathering to possibly Google the information that you got from the broker that may give you a lead for a direct customer. So in that given example, you know, say if you got a broker calling you and he's telling you, if you, we'll just use flatbeds, for example, and he's telling you that he's got some um, structural steel that, he's, that he needs to move, and he's telling you to pick up location, giving you the weight, so on and so forth, where well, you might be able to take the keyword structural steel and Google the city that he told you that the load was picking up in 
looking for companies that have structural steel in that city. Even if you don't get the load from the broker per se, Google is such a powerful tool that it will return different results. I, me and George were having a conversation, and I think that he used some of these very techniques that he allowed himself to get in contact with someone that was moving some freight just by using Google. He got enough information to go back and gather, to use Google to go back and gather to get the information, to get the direct contact for the ship. So I can't explain, I can't stress to you how important that you make sure that you're getting that. The other thing that you want to make sure that you're doing when you're contacting, the, uh, when the broker is contacting you, if you're negotiating on the load, if you, especially if you're in a very hot market, appointment time is. If there's an appointment, sometimes I know you get a first come, first serve. There's a lot of times you get that from the brokers. But a lot of times, if it's something that's picking up and it has a set appointment time on it, there are late fees that are associated with missing these appointment times. So that may gain you gain you a little bit more leverage when negotiating with the broker on actually covering the load. This will give you the power and the ability to name a higher rate because if you happen to be the only game on the closest truck in town and you need to get that broker needs to get that load picked up ASAP, it may be critical on his end and he doesn't want to pay an extra fee or have to go back to his customer for them to cover a late fee because he was negligent on his part on getting a truck processed in a timely manner to go pick that load up. So you can use that tactic when negotiating with that broker to actually get a better rate. You can get an opportunity if the load is picking up within the next 45 minutes, have that broker on your rate. The other things that you definitely want to make sure that you're doing when you're when you're taking all this information down. Make sure that you, if if you got these questions, write them down on a piece of paper or create your own little spreadsheet. Take these little tips and everything to make sure that you're writing these things down so that you are asking the proper questions. But you don't want to make it seem like you're scripted. You want to do it in a conversational manner, as you you know, in the flow of the conversation when dealing with the broker at the CMC. I was uh, and we may get an opportunity to do it next year. And uh, I was out in the parking lot with Chad. Chad and Ted were out in the parking lot. Chad was showing Ted exactly how the conversation flows when dealing with a broker, which I thought was an excellent opportunity. Uh, Ted is a young man that was getting ready to get uh, into the trucking industry. He's very interested. He's like a big sponge right now, and he's just soaking up all this information. And Chad was kind of like just showing him the ropes on how he negotiates and does things on his end of his operation. And I hope that we may get a chance to do this at the CMC, or I may even try to find a way to videotape myself or, you know, on a web camera so that everyone can see how the back and forth goes when you're dealing with the broker. But the main thing is, you want to be professional at all times, but at the same time, you know, you want to kind of build a little bit of rapport. The thing about spot market freight, it's really hard to build a strong connection with someone when it's getting down and dirty. we just like, okay, give me a price. I want a price, and it's real quick. But if you are asking these questions in a conversational manner and 
the broker understands that you need certain pertinent information. And you also got to remember, the broker sends you over his package. If you're dealing with a new broker, he's going to send you over his package. And normally they have something in those packages that pertain to wanting you to give them as much information about your operation as possible. You don't have that um, chance on the, on the backside. He's going to have that information because you're filling out his package, you're faxing all that information back in, but you want to know about the particular load that you're negotiating on at that particular time because this may be something that you, if you're dealing with a new broker, you give you an opportunity to uh, develop that relationship even further. And that can also be an opportunity for you to vet that broker to see if that's someone that you actually even want to deal with even further down the road. But back at Jumping back into the different questions, you definitely want to find out the different types of commodities that you may be negotiating on, what type of commodity is it that you're going to be hauling. Because different commodities, if you, if the broker calls you and tells you, take the answer, it's pharmaceuticals. Your eyes should light up when you hear that word come out of the broker's mouth. Different things are going to have different values attached to them. Um, and like we, Henry Seaton was talking about last week, Something I think we definitely, as owner-operators, should be aware of, too, is make sure that we are protecting ourselves when it comes to the different commodities to make sure that you have adequate insurance coverage to cover the commodity if something was to happen. Because you can get some pharmaceuticals that may be just one pallet but could be uh, somewhere in the ballpark of half a million dollars, and if you only got a $100,000 policy, you might be in trouble when it, if something was to ever go bad or something was to happen. So, you know, incorporating all these different things into your conversation when dealing with the broker is always a good thing. And I just want to remind everybody that's on the line, if you got any questions, press 1 so we can get you in the queue. Uh, we'll come directly to you if you have any questions or comments. So we, we definitely want to be interactive with everyone that's on the line. But back to more questions. You want to get that frontline information. You want to develop that you uh, you want to come across to the um, to the broker as a true professional. You want to make sure that when you're talking about the process, when you're talking about getting into different freight lanes that you got good information to give back to him. Uh, sometimes he may, you know, if you're in a market and you got a really hot market, say you're in a really hot market, you want to let him know that you kind of understand that the load to truck ratio is in your favor. Or you can ask him, and, and sometimes they'll tell you. Sometimes they may try to play it off as, uh, no, you can't trust the information that you're getting off of that. But trust me, people, the information is out there, and we have to make sure that we are definitely getting access to the same information that the brokers have because this is what's been killing us over the years as far as us not having the information that they have. They've been running rings and circles around us. The other thing that you want to ask the broker is what is their payment history? That was a very good question, that, uh, a very good post that came up on the Rate Per Mile Masters group this week. My good friend Chad was talking with the broker and found out that, you know, the broker was tell, 
was giving Chad kudos on his CFA record, but turn around, Chad was looking into his information and checked his uh checked his credentials and found out that he had very bad payment history. So you want to ask the broker, what is his payment history? But you don't just want to ask him. You want to make sure your load board should have tools, different tools involved in your load board that is going to give you the information as to what that broker's payment history is. Um, so these are in the conversation of going down the road with the broker and I, I mentioned about finding the on the on the pickup side, but also on the on the uh, delivery side. Just want to make sure I cover all the bases. On the delivery side, if you know where the load is delivering to, and if you know what the commodity is, then you also might be able to look on the using Google on the delivery side to find out how um, or who is the customer on the other side, who is the consignee. This can help you in building up your database of potential direct customers, which right now, like I was touting last week at the CMC, right now is the perfect time to be going out and soliciting for direct freight. Right now the spot market is booming. It's uh, an abundance of freight, but right now is the time that Every owner-operator should be definitely getting together his sales plan, trying to get together his marketing scheme, getting together business cards, flyers, all types of different paraphernalia that you want to be able to go out and market to your direct customers. Later on tonight, I've got to make sure that I get this post up in the Rate from Our Masters group. Um, the DAT is offering 50 free lanes for you to look up, for you to look up the rate. When you're running on the spot market, you want to make sure that you know exactly where the good-paying freight is. You want to stay in those hot lanes. Another topic that came up this week, we were talking about how uh, bad Chicago market is right now. Chicago market has historically, for vans, according to the data that I've seen, it's been really bad this time of the year, and it's not going to pick back up really for uh, drive boxes until January. So when you're negotiating with the broker and you're asking different questions about the load that you that he's offering you, you want to make sure that you're staying out of trouble areas. If you're going to go into a trouble area, you better make sure that you're getting a good rate. You want to make sure that you're charging adequately to go into a dead area because you're going to have to bounce. You're going to have to do a lot of deadheading to reposition yourself or take a really cheap load and get out of that area. So you want to make sure you want to make sure that you got all your ducks in a row. You got all your information lined up and that you're making the most out of your negotiating while you're dealing with that broker. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, I would love to take your questions. Just press number one to get yourselves in the queue. I'm seeing a bunch of calls on the line right now, but I'm looking for questions. I don't want to just talk to myself tonight. I want to interact with you. So, Uh, we got a question coming up. 
Caller in the 859. What's your name? Where you calling from? Hey, there, Rico. It's Bobbitt. How you doing? What's going on, Chad? Hey, uh, hey I'm getting ready to... I got a, uh email. Well, I was, I was talking to... What's this guy's name? Well, uh, it's not important what his name is, but he's from DAT. Like, uh, he does a lot of the, the, the uh, writing for the blogs for DAT and their news articles and stuff. And uh, I'm Mark, one of you? Again. Mark Montague. No, this guy I think was named. If I go back to the email real quick, without taking up too much time, what was his name? His name is John Joe Joe Weller. Have you ever heard of him? Mm, wait, wait. Nah, no. Go ahead. It it says he is the uh, marketing content developer, but uh, we're on the podcast so, and a lot of people listening. But uh, anyway, he's uh. He's going to be uh, put, writing an article uh, on the uh, Facebook group page. He's asked me a lot of questions, and I've ta- I'm going to answer some of those questions. But a few of those questions I'm going to put on the group page, and uh, like to get some of the, some of our members uh, or any, anyone who wants to participate to uh, help me answer some of these questions. Uh, so uh, those questions will be on the group page later on. It's uh, pretty important. Uh, we're starting to get some recognition from uh, some higher up people. They're from uh, you know, at DAT is the biggest load board. The load board we talk about all the time, and uh, it's it's uh, they're going to put it in some of their news articles. So uh, let's participate and put your feedback in there, and I'll uh, submit it back to these guys, and uh, we might see it in the next article they put out. Cool, cool. Yeah, we starting to get we starting to make some noise with this rate for my master's uh, Facebook page. Oh, we got a podcast. So tell me Thanks to you. <laughs> well, tell me, Chad, what what are some other, you know, you are a rate for my master. I love your post earlier tonight, by the way. You, have, you might want to tell everybody about what you posted in the group. But, uh, uh, that, was, what, that was a comical one. That true story, too. <laughs> <laughs> what are some questions that you like to make sure that you ask in the broker when they, when, uh, whenever they call you and uh, offer you a load? Uh, Deb, Deb posted that question up, and uh, – I put some responses on there, and uh, yesterday before I went to sleep, I was trying to think of. I wanted. I want to put some questions. I want to put some responses in there. The, uh, the tricky questions. And what was her name? Elizabeth. Elizabeth put one of my favorite questions, and she and she and she explained why she put it in there in the, in that comment. And it uh, it was something that that I that I talked at, that I talked to with uh, some other people there at CMC and. I, someone listened to me, Elizabeth, and uh, it stuck with her. So it was good to see her post that question up there. It was about uh, asking the uh, uh, getting details of when the load has to be picked up, and uh, it's right. like a trick. It's like it's like a trick question. Uh, when does the load have to be picked up? And you're trying to learn the the urgency of the load. And I do a lot of expedited loads, Rico, and uh, and, and it's all about. The more of the urgency is when does it need to be picked up? If it needs to be picked up now, then we can bid a little higher. But we we want to tr- sort of trick the other person, the other party, and telling us and, and getting as much detail as we can to learn how much of an urgency it is to pick up that loader now. Or if they say I can pick up tomorrow, or we can even pick it up the next day, we're not going to do very good at, at bidding on this load. But if it's a load that's going to take us home, maybe we can shoot a little bit of a load number and. Uh, and get what we want because it is taking us to the house. 
But uh, you know, if they say we need someone on it now, hey, we need to we need to be uh, we need to stick firm to that high number when we go to shoot them more rate. You know what I mean? Right, and I'm I, I'm just trying to get back into that conversation here on uh, on the Facebook page, and uh, Andrea had a good po- uh, good post in there, something that I normally don't ask right up front, but if it's maybe good to cover, is what is the detention policy? Matter of fact, my wife on negotiating negotiating a load today. My wife was dealing with a broker, and uh, they called about everybody that hauls that has reefers and, and knows about hauling chickens, know about the epic detention that happens at these chicken at these chicken factories. And my detention policy is I'll give you two hours, $100 after two hours for every hour. And the broker told my wife, so, well, we negotiated uh, $35 per hour. Uh, that's the rate that we negotiated. Well, okay. That's the rate that you negotiate, but that's not going to satisfy me. That's what you negotiate. I mean, it's it's amazing how the brokers still have so much audacity as to tell you what you should charge for your service. Yeah, right. Exactly. It ain't like you go to a mechanic shop and say uh, and say, no, I'm not. Uh, I'm not, uh, you're not charging me ninety dollars a day. Uh, my rate is sixty dollars so for you to work on my truck. Yeah, and that that you know you don't go and do that at a shop. How how is a broker going to tell you how what you're going to charge you know what your hourly rate is? It, it baffles me, and it, it brings up a good. I, I hate to, I, I didn't mean to cut you off on that, but it brings up another subject. And I talked about this. This was an article I written too on the on the Facebook group page, uh, Rape My Masters, about uh, and you saw it too. I thought I thought you made the comment, and well, it's sort of changing the subject, but we uh, just hit on this and go back to what you were talking about on the dissension. That's the good stuff that Andrea said. But uh, I, the way I caught a broker uh, 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 being delinquent on this detention, on the detention, on his detention part, was someone wrote a review, and you can explain that a little bit more. Wrote a review right. about a broker, uh, and and the, in the review, the per, whoever this person was made the comment that uh, that. He was having trouble getting paid from the broker because he had to sit for five hours and so forth, so on. And it just been like me. Well, I didn't say nothing to the broker about detention. Detention sort of like common. I'm the one that charges it. But he was saying that he, he tried to invoice the broker for the detention, and the broker would not give it, and he sat there for five hours. So uh, when I went in to start asking the broker for, I'm not like, hey, we're not going to have no problems paying detention, are we? I just read the, you know, I'm, I'm looking here and. Uh, and uh, we're not gonna have no problem, are we? And uh, the broker said, uh, "What did he say?" He said, uh, "He said, well, uh, well, I don't remember exactly what he said, but I wrote it down anyway." It, it rectified the problem. Yeah, he he is a, pro- a person that has a problem paying detention, and and it's not necessarily sort of the broker's fault, but also the shipper. The shipper doesn't pay out detention, and the broker doesn't ask for it, and the broker passes off the uh, passes that passes that problem off to the to the carrier, whereas us as carriers, we expect it. We expect to get paid attention. You're using our time. We expect to get paid. All the other, you know, what? the good name brokers, most of the time we get paid, so we don't expect it from these other brokers. Go ahead, Rico. I'm sorry. Well, well, no, the other thing is is that a lot of times I believe that the brokers are charging for the detention, and they're pocketing it because most oh, carriers – 
Yeah, because most carriers just don't have the fortitude to really stand up. You know, I, I, I appreciate your post from earlier this week about the situation that you had. Don't have the fortitude to really stand up to these guys and really demand what they should be demanding. A lot of times we just cave in to the pressure and we don't understand and don't know how to handle it, which is why the podcast, the um, Facebook groups, and we're going to start trying to do a blog, us sharing information, us one to five to ten truck operations or carriers, this is not necessarily, this is good information for people that are thinking about becoming a carrier. And, you know, I, I want to change the, the, I want to change the language from, owner operator to carrier. Not that I'm trying to make a distinction or say this one is better than the other one, but there is a serious um contrast between being an owner operator leased to a carrier versus being a carrier, meaning having your own authority. There there's so many uh different things that we have to be aware of, we have to be conscious of that we definitely want to, uh, by us having all these different avenues to share information, it gives us an opportunity to really to get up to speed and to really empower one another. Uh, that's another great thing that, that, you know, by sharing information about, you know, tonight we're going to talk, we, we're basically talking about questions to ask when gathering information to quote a load. Well, by sharing this information, it, it helps you, me, and everybody get a little bit better because we're gaining from one another's experiences and we can know, okay, well, maybe I need to incorporate this into what I'm doing because I may have missed that one. You know, like we were just saying, the the, the, the detention policy. And also, Andrea also has on there the layover policy. Another another great one because you can ask them what their policy is, but you if, if it doesn't match with what your policy is, you're, you are ultimately the service provider, and I think that you are ultimately the one that needs to kind of set the, um, especially right now, with the spot market being what it is, right now is the opportunity for us to really grab the power that we rightfully already have, but it's just time for us to really kind of stand firm and, and, and draw that line in the sand and, and say this is where we're going to be at, and this is what's going to have to happen if you want me to do the load. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kenneth hit on some of this uh, in one of his posts, uh, another member from the group, and uh, um, some of the stuff he hit said that, you know, a lot of people don't know where, don't know the power they have, as uh, don't know the power they have. And once you stand firm and you put your foot down and you, and you, and you're, with, without being hostile, just, just show, hey, you know, you're educated, you know what you're talking about, you own this company. Uh, no, I, no, I don't accept your rate. This, this is, uh, this is what I'm gonna, you know. Uh, I, I spoke of this. As I was put in a detention situation this week. I had some good, uh, good articles this week. So I was put in a detention situation, and uh, and the broker, what, what the broker said that I was gonna have to, uh, um, that I, I showed up at eight o'clock. I showed up at seven thirty. My appointment was for eight, and uh, then when I showed up to car check, they said no, your appointment's at three. And I'm like, I got right here from the broker said uh, says three. Well, the broker says. Well, if they keep your past eight, we'll see if we can get you some detention. I'm like, wrong answer. Do you know you you don't understand who you're talking to? You know <laughs> that, that ain't gonna work. I got other obligations. You know, if if you want to be a big carrier, you gotta start thinking about being a big a big trucking company and start talking like one. I'm like, I got other obligations. I could, you know, we can put this. Uh, 
we'll, we'll have to repower. You know, your your tra- your load will have to be repowered later. And uh, well, that we uh, then he's going into saying, well, that will be a layover, and we only pay you 150. Well, I mean, all right, hey, it's, uh, you know, I'm the one that, pay, that that sets the rates on that kind of stuff. Anyway, you got to start talking like one. And uh, so I go park the truck. And uh, within like 10 minutes, the guard is coming over to my truck, and uh, he's knocking on my door saying, "Hey, they got you a doc. They're gonna, they want you to do it." And uh, and before the guard said, "A JB Hunt truck is already in that dock. There's no way I can get into it." And now 10 minutes later, anyway, I just put my foot down. That's all I had to do. And speak of intelligence, like, "Hey, this, these are the rules. You know, I'm the carrier. I own the company." And a lot of a lot of times, I mean, couldn't you, Rico? Can't you see where? A uh, company driver, or an un- a owner operator, or a or a, someone that's uninformed, uh, or being being managed by a dispatcher, would would sit there till three o'clock, would sit there till three o'clock because they would never nobody would never put their foot down and and speak like this to to that to you know to Pepsi yeah, to who I was living to. I mean, I I could see it. Absolutely. I mean, not only can I see it, but you know. Hey, full disclosure, when I didn't know any better, hell, it was happening to me. You know, when I because, <laughs> you know, we kind of get, get caught in this sheep mentality. Well, that's the way everybody else does it. So I guess, okay, I got to follow what everybody else does. And then we yeah. got to, we really got to come out of that thinking. We got to be, you know, uh, like I stated earlier when we, when, when we had this conversation going on, on Facebook. Kudos to you and to everybody else for actually standing up for yourself and actually saying, no, it's not going to go that way, and understanding and knowing your rights. And I mean, I, mean, I love the way that you, you handled that situation by saying that, you know, you got somewhere else you got to go, you're going to have to repower the load. I was like, now, that was brilliant right there. Normally, we just go, you know, I've handled it a little bit differently, but I love the way that you conducted that. The oh, other I thing is. I would have. I got some money. Let me cut you off. But I, I, I can go and sit. I'll, I'll sit right there in Chicago for the next three or four days and charge them for those three or four days that they kept on my trailer. Eight hundred dollars a day. It is. I, I, you know, when I was a company driver, uh, three to three to five hundred dollars is all I made a day. I can go sit somewhere and not do nothing all day long for eight hundred dollars a day, and that's what I would charge them. Go ahead, Rico. Hey, Chad, you want to hang around for a minute? we got another call coming in. You want to hang around? Well, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Do that. I like that, yeah. All right. I'm going to keep you on with me. I'm going to go to a call again. Right. Nine, the 941 area code. 941 area code. Caller, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Hi, Rico. It's Elizabeth. How are you? Hi, right, Elizabeth. Oh, we got Elizabeth on there. And hey, Chad, hi, how are you? How are you? I'm, I'm good. good. Good to hear you on here. Good. Hey, I wanted to call in and just say something about the detention because that was something that both of you guys had really talked with me about and kind of told me what you guys were doing. And so this load that I booked going to Long Island, I actually uh, went ahead and, and it was at the end of the negotiation once we agreed on the other rate. You know, I said I just want to make you aware that you know, I, you know, I'll get two hours at the pickup and at the shipper and at the receiver, and after that, my detention rate is $100 an hour. And you know what, it, yeah, I, I'll tell you what, I had an appointment for the pickup. Originally it was, you know, when you get there, it'll be ready. But they set it a strict appointment when I got there for the pickup then, and I've got delivery appointments. And um, they had me out at exactly two hours. I didn't wait any extra. So Awesome. 
I don't, I don't know if it's coincidence, but I like to think that, you know what, they, they understood where I was coming from, and, and uh, they respected it, and, and that was that, so... That's great. I, like that. I, mean, I, love, I love I love the feedback. And and the other thing about this is as owner operators well, let me stop say we're gonna to try to change the language. As carriers, we only have X amount of hours in a day to do our business. We only have eleven hours of drive, we only have fourteen hours available for the entire day. And the biggest thing, uh and I'm I'm gonna to try to get with Dale Howard, I'm gonna to try to have him on one of the podcasts. We have to start making sure that we have a great that if we have a good CSA record, that we're touting this as we're doing our negotiation. That's another, not necessarily a question, but more of a comment when you're dealing with the broker. Hey, do you want someone that's going to actually uh, do what they say they're going to do, and and perform it in a safe and efficient manner? You know, you see my CSA score. You know, we got to. Toot your own horn. Sometimes you got to blow your own horn. I said this before. You got to blow your own horn because sometimes if you don't toot your own horn, it ain't going to get tooted. Absolutely. And, and that's the thing that we got we to gotta stay on top of. And with the hours of service, like I said, you only got 11 hours. And if you're going to be held up all day, you got to get compensated for that because the productivity. What do you think about that, Chad? Uh, say that again, uh, Rico. That last part. I said, I, I said, if you, I said, if you're not getting compensated for the tension while you're sitting there all day, you, you're losing all your productivity. So you got to make sure that you're getting adequately compensated on your detention. Absolutely, absolutely. Sorry, I didn't mean to miss the last part. Uh, uh, yeah, you got to make sure you're getting compensated for it. It's your time. You don't work for free, right? Uh, always. <clears throat> You know, uh, during the CMC, uh, Kevin uses he said all the time, write this down and put this there, you know, put it on your steering wheel. I want every, everyone needs to write that down. You don't work for free. Write that down, stick it on your windshield, stick it wherever where you can see it while you're in that truck. You do not work for free. And uh, and, and, and start raising the raise, raise that fuss up and always ask yourself, how can you prevent this happening to you again in the future? And 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 write that down. Hey, uh, and this, this is what I'm going to do to keep this from. You know, it's like goal setting. This is what I'm going to do to keep this. Like Elizabeth did. She uh, she she made it clear before she took the load. And a lot of times, if a load has has urgency on it, and and they they've agreed upon the rate, and the broker sounds happy, and he's glad that he's going to be getting you on the load. That's the best time to set the say hundred dollars. You know, I always stick to fifty dollars, but Elizabeth just got a hundred dollars. I'm, you know, I, I need to up my game and start doing like Elizabeth did. Uh, yeah, I, I think you don't I think that's free. one. That, that's another discussion that we need. Is that that us as carriers kind of need to, you know, we got to start a. We already got a, another Facebook page going, but we got to start kind of like sharing best practices. You know, different things because I I feel like a hundred dollars an hour is fair versus a 50 bucks because you're tying up the trailer, power unit, and the driver. And all three of those things have a value attached to it. And I think that in all three of those things, you know, like I said, your time for one, that has a time value attached to it. And and the productivity of your equipment, those two things are, are very critical in my opinion. And I think that $100 an hour is pretty fair because if your truck was moving down the road at a at a decent rate, 
you probably would be making more than a hundred bucks an hour. Um, and Elizabeth, uh, how Kenny, you guys did a great job on. The, I seen you guys post the, the the load that you got out of Kansas City. You guys did a great job on that one. Thank you, thank you. We are, we were very pleased. It was a team effort. Cool, cool. So uh, you got you got anything else you, you want to throw in there for us tonight? That was it, I, and I just wanted to say thank you, Rico, for taking the time to talk with me at the CMC, and thank you, Chad. You know, everything both of you said, you know, I've been trying to implement, and, uh, you know, I, I appreciate you guys sharing some of your best practices with me and everyone else. No, you're, you're oh, no, thank, thank you. Elizabeth and Kenny, uh, they're both an awesome team, and uh, uh, they're going to do really good. Yes, yes, and, and Chad um, – Talk about the – she talked about it a little earlier, but talk about you and Ted uh, at the CMC there at the end. Oh, yeah, that that was a great experience. I I, I really liked having uh, Ted, you know, uh, familiarize everybody uh, that listens to this podcast in the future. Ted, he uh, he's a 20-year-old. He won his uh, uh, ticket to the CMC for free when he called in the Kevin Show and asked him uh, some questions, and uh, – Ted's a really great guy. And a lot of times there at the CMC, he's been uh, sending me messages and wanting to ask me a lot of questions, which is great. I like that. And I try to respond to every one of them that he sends me. And uh, throughout the CMC, uh, he's a big, tall guy from Nebraska, cornbread-fed guy. I mean, and uh, But, he, but he's, a, he's a gentleman. <laughs> and every, and I, I just noticed so many times at the CMC, I would look behind me, and three feet behind me, I would see him towering above me. And he'd be with a big smile on his face, listening to every word I would say, which is great. I liked it. And uh, and they're all the way to the end of the CMC. And uh, and they're to- I wanted to leave Friday. I didn't want to get stuck in uh, Kansas City over the weekend. And uh, he saw me heading uh, heading back to the truck. He's like, "Where are you going?" I said, "I'm gonna go find the load." And he said, "Can I go? Can I? Uh, you know, he wanted to see. He wanted to watch me uh, find the load." I'm like, "Absolutely. Come on. I'll show you. This will be." A uh, good exercise, good, a good thing to show you uh, right here in person. I would like to have done it with everybody there, but there's so many people there, you would never be able to get through it and be able to explain it to everybody and not a big enough screen with my, you know, m- with my laptop. But uh, I got to do it with him, and by doing that with him was the best example I could give anyone. And uh, anyway, he's asking questions along the way throughout the whole process, which is great. He was glued in and and seen everything that I did and uh uh and I just showed him, you know, all the way from the beginning. I opened up this little board, I opened up my spreadsheet, I see what the demand is. I and I start negotiating the rate. Phone calls started coming in and uh he got to hear he got to hear me speak to the broker. He didn't get to hear what the broker was saying, which is right. you know, for another demonstration in the future, I'd like to be able to for that person to be able to hear what the broker's actually saying and hear what I'm saying, and, so, and then they could hear what I'm saying to the broker. And uh, I try to keep it as professional as I could because I'm trying to set the, be a role model here in front of this guy that's getting ready to try, is going to be getting his authority here before long. Uh, and uh, anyway, he was he was full of joy, happy, laughing at some of the comments that I that I would make to the broker, and uh, and just surprised uh, at how I would come back and. Uh, and I would let him pick the loads uh, that I would – I'd let him pick – I would I'd get a bunch of loads. I'm like, all right, so which one of these loads would be the most profitable? We'd talk about that. And he would say, 
this one's good at 1900 You're making good money if you do this at 1900 I'm like, do you think that we should do it for 2000 He says, well, if you get it for 2000 then you're making a, a whole lot of money. It, even you, you came by and you came and seen us sitting there, and you were and you were, you were excited too, which is all I said that you came in there and seen that. And uh, but uh, anyway, he said, uh, and, and so I picked up the phone, I called the broker back, and I said, 2175, and this is my last time I'm going to bother you, and if you don't take it, it's 2175, you know. And I said this, and and uh, and uh, I've seen it in Ted's eyes. Ted's eyes like you're going to lose it. They're not going to give it to you. <laughs> then the broker gave it to me, and Ted was like full of full of excitement. Like they always got an extra hundred dollars in their pocket that they're willing to give you. I mean, if it's that late in the day, you know, they're always going to give you an extra hundred dollars. And uh, and uh, anyway, it, it it made my day to be able to show Ted that. You know, that that happens daily. You know, uh, most of the time, you know, that that's a pretty consistent thing, but. For Ted to see it, and he that guy being so young and and so excited about it, I really liked showing him that demonstration. I was I was excited about it too because I wanted to make sure I, I caught up with you before I was leaving CMC as well because I was I had a load at that time. Unfortunately, my load canceled on me though. But and, and while you were on the phone, I was telling Ted I was nudging him. And I was I was saying this is exactly how it goes down. I was I was telling him, look. You know, to make sure you're taking good mental notes because this is this is really how it happens. And I like your negotiating tactic; it's a little bit different from mine. But the way that you do things, you know, you got to make it your own. We're talking about questions to ask and gathering information from a broker. You got to make it your own, and you got to make your questioning style. You got to make your um, come across as your personality because that's how you're going to be able to start to begin that rapport. So in your personality, you're you're a little bit more of a an, of an aggressive person. I think would, would be a good word for you. The way that you come across, you you, you kind of a little bit quirky when you when you say different things back to the broker, and I think you kind of disarm them a little bit because the the comments that you make back to them, they might not be you know it might be something totally out of left field, and they ain't expecting it. So <laughs> it kind of throws them off that. It kind of throws them off their game a little bit, but the whole while it works for you because it actually, it's 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 actually your personality really exuding and coming through your um, the way that you approach with dealing with the brokers. So that's why I'm saying yeah. you know kind of have an idea about the questions that you want to ask when you when you're negotiating with the broker. Kind of have them. You ain't got to have a question written out all the way. Just know that you need to get the information. You need to find out pickup time destination, the commodity, uh, you know, you just have those key words written down and, and how to weave them into your conversation while you're dealing with the broker. It, it's not got to be like a robot, but just, you know, conversationally weave it in so that you get the information. Someone posted, well, you got to be careful about asking too many questions because the load may get covered. So what? Yeah, it, so what? The, the way the way that I look at it, especially because I try to stay in a hot market, it's just like it's just like buses. It's another one coming in 15 minutes. The phone is going to ring, and that's what I wanted to demonstrate. Uh, maybe we'll get an opportunity. Might be able to do a, a a video or something like that. But I wanted people to see when you're in a jumping hot market how much the phone rings off the hook. I can't stress that enough. Uh, the, the spot market, for those that, that don't understand, 
and don't have access to the information, you know, we get caught up and we get afraid that I got to get revenue on the truck, and that's where the brokers get us every single time because we cave in way too early. And then you get baffled and amazed when you hear people, and then you want to call, you know, some people say, oh, yeah, you're not making that much money. Those are lies. But for the most part, you know, since meeting you, Chad, and, and, and you know, I don't I don't feel like I have to, but to prove my point, I, I, I post rate confirmations, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's a need to lie about it. I, I, I just want people to understand. And I, and I believe that by us doing this and sharing this information, more and more people are actually getting the message and more and more people are starting to see, dang, you really can get more money. You really can make it out here as a carrier with your own authority. There really is light at the end of the rainbow. But the number one thing about all of this, to tie everything back into Kevin's message is you got to know your numbers as well. Because, you, you, you know, you kind of got to already have in mind the high range is where you want to be at, the average range where you want to be at, and the bottom line, the walk away, this is absolutely what I got to have number. You kind of need to have yeah. that feeling when, when you're dealing with the negotiation. Absolutely. Uh, know, knowing your numbers, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, that That's very important. Has anybody else... Uh, uh, key down one. Want to ask a question, yet, Rico? Yes, sir. We got one right now. We're going to go to on the three one six area code. Caller, what's your name? Where you calling from? This is Bruce Jansen, Rico. Bruce, I'm, how calling, are you? I'm calling from Russellville, Arkansas. So I'm here at the Flying J. If anybody's around here. Uh, All right. I well, post, we got we I got post, Chad Boblin on the line as well, Bruce. Well, I'll tell you what, I'd like to, if you got, if you're up to it, Rico, I'd like to play the role of a broker on the phone now. And Chad and you both call me for the same load and, and the listeners, how you negotiate with me as how you would negotiate with a broker about a, a certain load. Wow. He's putting us on the spot. Okay. Chad. Putting us on the spot. Okay. At <laughs> all. Call Here's him and be the bro- we have to be the broker and we have to call him and sell him the load. Is that what we're doing? No, I'm the broker and and I'll sell you the load. You try to book a load with me. All right. Well, I I usually don't call the broker. Rico, I'll let you take the lead on that. That's a hard one. I'm the same as you. I don't call. I let the phone ring. <laughs> Which well, I think okay, I, you're, so you're the broker. You're calling Rico, and you're calling us. Okay. Here's the load I have. I have a load from Springdale, Arkansas, to Boston, Massachusetts. And it's about, it, just for round numbers, let's say 1,500 miles. It's a reefer load of frozen chickens. Springdale, Arkansas, to where? To Boston, Mass. Boston, Mass. Okay, all right. Now, all right, he's the broker, and he says he's got the load in Arkansas, and it's going to Boston, Mass. All right, and if, let's take away the, the frozen chicken. And would you, Rico, you can do the number on the, based on a frozen chicken. I'll say it's based on a load of of uh, electronics or a load of, uh, of um, clothes. 
Whatever. I'm trying to relate. I want to. I want to. I want to think. I, I don't know Reefer like Rico knows Reefer. Okay. And, but if but if you said drive in, if it was a drive in load, a load of clothes, uh, not a high commodity, but just a load of regular a regular load that needs to go to Boston. Uh, okay. Then then I'm going to look at it as being a drive in load. First thing the first thing comes to mind is that you're in a very good area, Arkansas. Is I just told Deb, uh, Deb this our admin of the group, one of our admins of the group, that uh, I told her about. Uh, she was actually she had a truck in Louisiana, but uh, uh, Arkansas is, an, is a part as one of the eight best states right now to be in, and uh, Boston or Massachusetts, the state of Massachusetts, it's not going to have a low ranking. It never does. Uh, I mean, it's never going. It's not going to have a good ranking. It's got a low right. ranking, and always, and always does. Uh, so, that for beginners, that uh, uh, you know, just straight off the bat, when you say those two locations, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. I can't wait to quote this load because it's going to a bad. It, it's an ugly load. You've heard me do the podcast before on the <laughs> quoting us <ugly> load. <laughs> I'm excited. I can't wait. Now I want to know what broker this is because if it's if it's some random broker if it's you know as you do this for a period of time you start to learn what brokers pay and which ones don't and if you said TQL versus C. Trubson or Cattle Logistics I know uh, about what I know that whether it's worth uh, dealing with you or quoting the load or not and uh, I know what brokers don't pay and what, which ones do. So that's where I'm at at this point. Go ahead, Rico. You tell them where you're at with the frozen chicken. Well, for, like, like you, you just covered some great things. When I'm when I'm talking to a broker when he first calls, I like to ask him who he's, who is he with. That way, it gives me an opportunity. Once I find out which brokers that he's with, I can then quickly go to my load board, look up the broker's credentials to check his credit. Because I'm I'm looking. I want to see what his credit score is, what his standing is. I want to know where that broker is and, and whether or not I even want to even uh, spend any more time on the phone with this particular broker. The other key point that you just said, Arkansas, Springdale, Arkansas, is a excellent market for reefers. Um, this is where having your information, knowing that what the market is in that particular area, is going to always work to your benefit because you know you can quote that market hard, and you're going to you're going to nine times out of ten you're going to get your rate. So Bruce, well, I, I would uh, you know once I check you looked you up and seen that okay you're a decent company that I, I'd be willing to do business with you. I want to see um, I'd be looking at to see what was your high credit limit, meaning how much um, how much credit would I be willing to extend to you? You know. Um, so once I'm, all those things are satisfied in my mind, the next question, okay, we'll, we'll get right into the conversation right now. Okay, Bruce, uh, so you got this load from Springdale, Arkansas, up to Boston, Massachusetts. What time does your load pick up today, sir? Uh, Any time before 3 o'clock. Any time before 3. Okay, so if it picks up any time before 3, what is your detention policy? My policy is that if you're on the property by 3 o'clock, the customer will load you before 6 o'clock that evening. And that's been in the way it's worked for the last seven years that I've put loads out of this customer's facility. Okay. Well, Bruce, let me ask you this. How, uh, how often do you move this load? I move 
25 loads for this customer every week, and I have four regular loads every week going to Massachusetts from this customer. So how just, you know, how you got a pretty good history with this particular customer. How often does it, how long does it take a truck normally to get in and out over there? Under two hours. Okay. All right. Good answer. Okay. So I'll just go put a pause right here. So normally, if if I'm satisfied, you know what I'm saying, if I think that this broker, especially if it's someone I've got history with, that I can kind of take his word a little bit, sometimes you got to be real careful on taking the broker's word. But either you can address the tension at this point in the conversation or if you're satisfied with that, if you think you can get in and out of there, then sometimes you may just let it ride. Absolutely. You just got to take that. You got to you got to take that by a case by case basis. That's okay. my opinion on that. The other part, the other opinion that I got. See, he just told you he was in Springdale, Arkansas. That is frozen chicken. That's information that you, if you were taking your notes, copious notes, you have that written down because if you don't make an agreement on the load. Then you might be able to Google it in Springdale, Arkansas. I can just about tell you, you got Tyson's Chicken, and uh, there's another one. I, I, the name will lose me right now at, at the moment, but Tyson is mainly the big player up there in that area. You may have an opportunity there to go in and talk to Tyson directly because he's already gave you that it's a frozen chicken commodity, and you know Tyson is chicken people. So those are those are how you would use your question process. Uh, uh, Bruce, I'm going to jump back into the negotiation with you. Uh, okay, Bruce, I'm sorry. Good ones, Rico. Okay, Bruce, uh, how, many mile, how many loaded miles are you showing on this one? I'm showing 1,510 loaded miles running uh, route miles on pro miles. Okay, and what time does your load need to deliver? Uh, uh, let's see, today is Wednesday. It would deliver... Sunday morning at 6 a.m. Okay, great. I'm showing that I do have a truck available that I can I can make sure that my truck is there by 3. Uh, what are you guys trying to move on this load for? I have $3,500 on the load. Oh, man, Bruce, it sounded like we were going to be able to make a good deal, but it looked like we might be a little ways apart on that one, buddy. Well, throw me a number out what you need to have. Well, uh, Bruce, I'm kind of looking at everything that I'm considering. I need to be a little bit closer to 5000 in order to make this work. Okay, 5000 uh You realize that there's a $200 unloading fee on this load that I'll pay, but at $5,000, I can't cover that. I would do it for 4500 and pay the unloading. Well, I'll tell you what, Bruce. Why don't we meet in the middle? You go ahead and cover the unloading. I can cover the load for maybe, I guess, forty-two fifty would be fair. Okay, so I offered you forty-five hundred plus two hundred. That's forty-seven. You'll do it for forty-two fifty. Oh, so I, I misheard you. I thought you were saying that the forty-five hundred and I'd have to pay for the two hundred dollars. I, 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 mis, I misheard no. you. See, I, I might have up some money. <laughs> You're right there. You left some money on the table that I would have had you at forty-two fifty, but but right, uh, right. But I mean, yeah. So all right, all right. Hold on, hold on. Can, hey, Rico, can we do clothes now or furniture? Clothes. 
that, I like that, it. It was fun. Oh. Yeah, yeah, but you guys, you both played the game as the way as as it is played. You know, it's like if you don't ask for a high number, you'll never get it. You know, if you don't shoot for the moon, you'll never hit the moon. There you go. Yeah. There you go. You know? And and this is for like for guys for people newbies that are on the line that are listening in and stuff like that. Maybe try to get with a mentor, get with someone that's in the group that's already doing this. If you're not familiar with how the the, the giving goes, and try doing some role playing, you know, uh, getting in with one another and, and getting someone to, you know, hey, uh, okay, let's set up a time. I want to try to give me a call. That way you can brush up on your skills because the more you do this, the better you're going to get at it. And the one thing that absolutely. We as, the one thing as carriers that we have to that we have to understand, and Kevin mentioned this, and is a great point. Brokers and agents, all they do is on the phone all day long negotiating. So they are a lot better at it than we are. They're a lot more comfortable at it than what we are. So, of course, that's why they win the majority of the negotiations. But the other aspect of it is they have more information. So you definitely have to make sure that you know the information as far as if you are in a good area. And one way, really quickly, if you don't have all the different bells and whistles to measure how good the market that you're in, post your truck and the phone is just about to melt from the phone calls coming in, you're probably in a really good area. If you've ever experienced that, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. The phone just will ring, ring, ring. Like Chad was telling them doing this little mock negotiation that the phone, I got more calls coming in. Then you throw that same urgency that you may be feeling, that same uh, um, insecurity that you may be feeling about wanting to get revenue on the truck. Well, the broker has, if you're in a hot market, the broker has that same uh, butterfly feeling in the pit of his stomach because his commission may be at stake because he's not going to be able to get a load for, I mean, not be able to get a truck for his load. So it it kind of works both ways, but you only know that if you have some way of adequately gauging the market. Uh, so I'm so calling him and, and, and don't, putting us on the spot. I'm going to try to jump to uh, we got another caller on, and, and we're going to have to try to get ready to wrap this thing up. Well, have a good evening, guys. Hey, uh, Rico, uh, you. as you're bringing the next caller on, uh, I want to add oh. that since the CMC, I'm, uh, I'm, I am practicing and uh, uh, building that relationship and being a little kinder and lowering the tone a little bit and starting well, a relationship. Because <laughs> with Bruce, I was a little aggressive, and I am working on that. We, we got a kinder and gentler chat. Tell me it ain't so. <laughs> It is. I'm trying, man. I, I, I really am. <laughs> okay, we got caller from the seven one four. Caller, you're gonna be look like you're gonna be the last one for the night. So, what's your question? What's your name? How can we help? Uh, my name is Ron. Uh, question I have is <clears throat> that scenario there you guys are doing with the role play is uh, how much time do you then, or what's a reasonable amount of time to expect for the broker to send you? the rate confirmation so you can know for sure that you're locked in. Wow, because, great you know, question. Be, because, you know I what like I mean? It. Great because, question. Because he, he might hang up and say, well, this guy really smoked me. I think I'll 
string them along and see if I can get someone to do it cheaper. And that happens. And that, that it happened to me last week. Another caller just popped back in. They've been calling in. They've been dropping out. So caller on the 623. We're going to deal with this call right now. But before we close out, the call in the 623 area code, if you hang on, I will definitely make sure that you get on to ask your question or whatever it is that you want to get in. But jumping back to, I'm sorry, caller, what was your name again? I, I missed your call. I missed your name. Uh, Ron. Great yeah. question, Ron, and and uh, I appreciate it. The number one thing that you've got to be um, conscious of, especially if you're in a hot market and you know you're beating the broker up, look, it only takes five minutes tops for that rate confirmation to be coming across your fax machine. Don't allow, yes, do not allow a broker to string you along. And even sometimes after you have that rate confirmation, if you haven't called in to dispatch your truck, they still will, because this happened, like I said, it happened to me uh, trying to get out of Kansas City this week. Uh, The broker called me back right as I was getting ready to pull out of the casino parking lot and canceled the load. And it's not because the load council per se, they're still shopping the rates. Mm-hmm. They still find the shop to see if they can get a cheaper truck so that they can increase their commission. You know, the more money that they pay you, the less money that they are apt to keep for their commission. And they're always looking to keep as much money as they possibly I mean, I don't begrudge them. I'm not one of those guys that say, oh, the brokers are out to rob me. No one's putting a gun to anyone's head to accept the rate that you accept. You just have mm-hmm. to know your value, know your worth, and trust that you're going to get that. So five minutes tops, I'll give the broker a courtesy call to see if there's a problem with the fax machine because sometimes it does happen, technical problems do happen. I'll give them an yeah. opportunity. If I don't see nothing within uh, 10, 15 minutes tops, the most I may go is 30 minutes. My truck is right back on. As a matter of fact, I don't even unpost my truck until I get the rate confirmation. Once mm-hmm. I get my okay. rate confirmation, and I'll unpost my truck. But normally we don't even unpost the truck until we get the rate confirmation in hand and everything is kind of uh, – and this is where dealing with having that relationship with different brokers and everything like that comes into play as well. Because if you have a relationship with a broker, then, you know, I got a great broker over at Coyote that I deal with. Normally when he calls me uh, – it's my load. If we can, if we can come to an agreement on price. He called the day we we weren't able to actually meet up on the price, and that's unfortunate. Will, the price wasn't what I wanted it to be, but because we had a relationship, I probably would have still did the load. But his load was picking up at a time to where I couldn't make it work with my hours of service. That's another thing. Mm-hmm. I'll probably say that save that spiel for another time about CSA and, and running legally. <laughs> Which is another taboo topic, but you know, you guys, CSA is real. It's going to separate the men from the boys in the coming days and and months and years. I suggest you protect it with all that you got. Um, Chad, you got anything you want to add to that? To his question about how long you should wait. If if let's. if you're already set up and you've got good communication, um, I, when you said five minutes, that hits it right on the nail. I mean, I, I got burned by the third largest broker in Amer- in America, and uh, I still today treat, uh, do not treat I, – I mean, I'll do anything for – you know, 
I still treat them pretty pretty hard because they did because they did that too. One agent of that brokerage did me wrong, and it's the third largest brokerage of America, and I still hold a grudge against them because of that. And I and I don't do loads of with them, and that was happened two years ago, two years ago, and and I still hold that grudge against them. Of their of they have thousands of people, agents that works under that one brokerage, but I think they're all going to do me that way every time I talk to them on the phone. I don't call on none of their loads. Their loads could be taking me to, straight to the house. And they could be advertising a rate, and I will not call them. I, I just I don't trust them because I, I I think it was the same broker who did it to me twice, and I just got a real bad bad feeling for them. Yeah, five minutes. When you said five minutes, yeah, yeah. Most of the time it happens within five minutes if I'm already set up with the kit with with that broker. I like five minutes. Go ahead and let's get to that next uh, next caller if you want, Rico. Well, I want to, uh, yeah, we're going to do that. Ron, did you have any? Did that answer your question? Or did you have anything uh, else you want to follow up on that real quick? No, no, I'm going to free the line up so you can get to the next guy. All right, well, we appreciate hey, you calling in, call. Ron. Uh, next caller in the 623, the last call of the night. We thought it was going to be Ron, but caller 623, you have been patient, you've been diligent, you've been calling me. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hi, my name is Rusty, and I'm calling from Arizona, and I run Arizona and Arizona only on a flatbed. And uh, so basically, uh, I want to know is. How do I run the credit of my shippers as I'm trying to go direct more? And how do I know when I'm price gouging? I'm going to be offered, uh, you know, four dollars a mile for an oversized load right now, and I ask for six. How do I know when greed plays into it, or do I care about it at all? Uh, you can ask anything you want to ask for a load. Uh. Rusty, it, it, it's a matter of whether or not the person is going to pay it. I mean, the free market, that's the beauty of the free market. The other thing as far as um, your question about who do you use for it, now sometimes the low boards will have information in there as far as credit checks. Are you a member of NASA? No, I just use it at truck stops. the only thing I use. Okay, if you are a member of NASA, NASA has... Um, NASDAQ has some um, people that they set up with to do uh, credit checks. If you are a member with them, you could get a discounted rate. But if not, you can probably go direct. There's companies like Ansonia. You can probably Google. I don't have the exact web address, but you can ask, Google them. It's a company called Ansonia. They are okay. a major uh, credit checking agency. You probably can also get with uh, – Done in Bradstreet. There's an, another one that's a good one is CompuNetCredit.com. CompuNetCredit. Um, you can go to their website and try to get some more information from them. Uh, they also, I, I got, a, I have a phone number on them if anybody wants it. But uh, just go to their website, CompuNetCredit.com. I'm not gonna give them any more free advertising like. <laughs> What, uh, what information do I need to get from them? Well, the information do you have? Do you have a uh, do you have a sheet set up already where you get have a credit uh, a credit application? No, no. I just post my truck. I've had several people call me and want to go direct, and I've got a couple of customers. I just beat on the door and say, "Hey, I'll load for you," and they just send me their where they want me to haul them, and I give them prices and. 
if they agree to it, then I sell home. That's pretty much how I've been doing it. Okay, I strongly suggest that you take some time, maybe go uh, get with uh, – Go to transportation uh, transportationlaw.net. Get with Henry Seaton or some of the guys over there, or try to draft you a credit application. You want to have your because this is a critical part of the process, especially if you're going direct. Because I'm gonna give you some real quick pros and cons. I, I'm, I'm preaching to everyone to go direct, but I want to I want to make sure that you are clear on the values that brokers do bring to the business. And some people might be like, oh, Lord, you gonna, I'm going to give credit brokers. I'm going to give them credit where credit is due. The benefits to dealing with a broker versus going directly to a shipper is that the broker does now have a $75,000 bond. So if the broker files bankruptcy, you got a bond you can hit to try and recoup some of your losses. You know, it depends on how much uh, credit the broker's already extended and, and how quickly you are filing that filing and hitting that bond is going to determine how you if you get your money or not. Now, if you're dealing with a shipper, direct shipper, if the shipper files bankruptcy, files for bankruptcy, it can get a little hairy as to whether or not you're going to even ever see your money, because you get caught up in the whole scenario of the bankruptcy proceedings, and so it could get a little hairy. So you want to make sure that you got a credit app on them and that you are checking their credit. We went over this last week with the attorney on the podcast as well. You might want to go back and, and download last week's podcast with the attorney here receiving that was on there. You want to go back and make sure you're periodically checking that shipper's credit because in business things could change dramatically within a 30-day time frame. They could have A1 credit today and a few weeks from now, you know, things are going bad. Vendors are normally the last ones that they, when they start trying to cut back, vendors are usually the last ones to start getting paid. They try to string the, the vendors along. So you want to make sure that you get a document authorizing you to check their credit, and also on that document you want to have your um, late payment fees and attorney's fees, all that stuff, you want to have them sign off on that. You want to have make sure part of your credit application has references not just references as far as other vendors, but you want to know references that other trucking companies. And you want to check with those. You want to check. You want to make sure just just because you get a big thing is sometimes we get all the information that we're asking for and we still fail to follow through on making sure that we do all the checks and balances that we're doing, uh, making sure that we're dotting all the I's and crossing all the T's. You gotta make sure that you're following all the steps and don't neglect the steps because this is what's gonna insulate you if a problem does arise. If a problem does arise, you wanna make sure that every time not only that you got that, that credit application, but you also have for every move that you do a separate uh rate confirmation showing detailing out the rates, detail detailing out the um standards of which you would plan on getting paid. If you have any accessorials that you need to be included in that, you want to have all that stuff detailed out on a separate rate confirmation for each and every movement, and you want to make sure that they sign it. You know, it's better to do all this information either via fax or email. Don't fall for the okie doke. Well, it was easier just doing it by a phone conversation. 
you have to have a paper trail. You want to create a paper trail and make sure that you keep a file with all of this information in it. You know, uh, probably should be a standard operating uh, procedure for you anyway, but just make sure that you keep all these things just like you would with your employee file for having your own authority. You, you know, you have to have an employee file and a maintenance file, so on and so forth, where you have to create that customer file, create that customer, put them in the, in the file cabinet and make sure that you keep it, all of your information pertinent to that customer, easily accessible at your fingertips in a file cabinet, and if possible, make you a digital copy, create your file on your computer to keep all that information. Chad, did I miss anything? You got something you want to add to it, buddy? Uh, you, 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 you hit that one pretty hard. That was pretty good. Uh, Rico, how many times, uh, as long as you've been in business, how many times have you been uh, left uh, trying to fight to get paid on load? I've been blessed this far. Uh, I've never been stiffed on load. I've had to wait no, a little I'm, while. I'm, I'm, knocking on, I'm knocking on my nightstand right now. It's not. It's wood. I, me neither. It, uh, yeah. But that, but uh, but ninety five percent of my loads has been through brokers. And I've checked the credit score before I did the load. Yeah, so you know, Ansonia is 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 a good one. Um, I think Ansonia is actually the one. They are the ones that are mainly with most of the big uh, load boards, and most load boards do have uh, part as part of your membership that you can check credit on there. Uh, if to be sure, call Internet Truck Stop. I'm not familiar with their. I used to have them at Truck Stop a few years back. I don't I don't have them anymore. But call them and, and make sure that you know that that's part of your service. You may not need to you may not need to pay for it again. Uh, but Ansonia is one of the real big ones, um, and that's who I just pulled out my Nast, uh, my Nastic uh, preferred vendors book, and that's who Nastic uses is Ansonia Credit Data. So uh, okay, those those are some good places. Uh, is there any other questions? Does that, does that answer all your questions, or is there anything else that we didn't get? No, that's it. I'm just trying to swing for ten dollars a mile, but you know, if I can only get five, I guess that'll do. Oh, oh, that was another thing. You you were asking about. I told you about the about free market. Greed. You know, uh-huh. right, right. Yeah, I mean the don't, free market. Don't, don't, but, yeah, you can quote whatever you want to quote, but if you want to be competitive, if you're worried about not outpricing your market or whatever, the way that rates are developed, I'm going to try to sum this, sum this one up real quick. The way that rates are developed is you ever got calls from a broker and they ask you, you know, I got a new customer, I need to get a rate for this load, for this movement. What yeah, that broker yeah. or what, what they are doing is they are surveying motor carriers. And you have to have the ability to have phone numbers. You can go to Google. Just call motor carriers or get in the phone book. You may, may be people in the phone book. Call motor carriers that are in your area and find out. Just pretend like you're a broker. Hey, I got this new customer. What is it going to take to do this move from this that? And get you, when you're doing your survey, get numbers from three to five different carriers and average them out. And and that's a really good, accurate way to kind of measure where you are in your marketplace. But you want to make sure that you're calling the brokers near nearest to the shipper. You want to cause you want to you want to make sure you're quoting it at an outbound rate, not an inbound rate. So so that's okay. a really good tip 
that, that, that a lot of brokers use uh, and, and some shippers use to try to gauge where they are in the marketplace. So definitely, if, if, if you know, your services are worth whatever somebody's willing to pay for. It. So if they're willing to pay 10 bucks, uh, 10 bucks a mile, then more power to you, buddy. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, everything I book is always, I always book it on a round trip just because my business model is go home every night. So, you know, I, I that's how I book everything. So, and then I just try to, find the, you know, how to how to solve the other dead legs out of the thing if I can. But, yeah, that's an oversized load that I'm working right now is five bucks a mile. But, all right, thank you. Cool. Well, uh, thank you. Thanks for the call. I hope I hope that helps you out. Yes, sir. Well, Chad, we we, we went over tonight. We, went, we we got a little. They got a little bonus segment in out of us. We did some role playing. We're running right at an hour and thirty minutes into the call right now. So you know, uh, I think we got a pretty good podcast in tonight. Uh, anything you want to say Absolutely. before we sign off? <clears throat> well, I wish I rehearsed that uh, <laughs> that, that that caller. He he. Uh, uh, that that did uh, uh, the role playing. Uh, I liked it. I mean, more of that. More the more I like your uh, your situation where you say uh, if we, um, what, like if we did that with other people in mentoring, I think it would help them out. You know, uh, with, with him. You know, uh, that was the first time I ever done that with uh, make believe stuff, and uh, it was fun. I, I probably didn't do it the exact way it needs to be done, but it was fun. And the uh, last thing I would like to say before we cut this off is uh, I'm getting ready to post a really important question on here. And uh, I like the idea that we're getting the attention of DAT and they're going on there and uh, they're seeing that we're that we're, we're growing as fast as we are. And, uh, I mean, we're at 1,000 within two months. I mean, a year from now, if we're at 10,000, this group is going to start making a dent. And and what what part of this group, Facebook group uh, that we started, uh, is, is what what part of it, what what of the group is making a dent? And that it's that we're educating owner operators. So is uh, educating owner operators, uh, is it, does, is that all it takes to to make a change in the industry? And uh, I think that's what's being noticed. Anyway, I'm gonna be po- I'm gonna be posting some questions on there. I'd like to get some participation on there tonight. Cause I gotta get back to this guy that's asking me this at DAT. That's all I have. Cool, cool. Well, I appreciate it again, Chad. Thanks for calling in. Um, everybody, I'm gonna also be starting a, my own personal blog. Uh, should be starting at the beginning of next month here uh, in a little while, coming up in June. Uh, you can find that over at CrescentCarriersLLC.com. Um, of course. Go join the Rate Per Mile Masters Facebook page. Kevin Rutherford's live show will be starting tonight on XM. Uh, it'll be coming on at midnight tonight. This tonight, Wednesday, begins the week for his live show. So his live show will be uh, starting tonight. So make sure you listen to that. Or if you can't listen, you're going to be in the bed getting your beauty sleep. Record the show. Or you can always listen to it on the on-demand, um, the on-demand feature on the smartphone. That said, ladies and gentlemen, signing off live from Meridian, Mississippi at the TA, this is Rico Muhammad wishing you all safe travel and a good night.